Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Episode 201, take one. And we only do one take, so that's all it's going to be. Hello, welcome to episode 201 of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and uh, mate, Kevin Hillier. Kevin, welcome to you. Lovely to welcome be in to your me. esteemed company again. Here we go. We've uh, we've, <laughs> uh, we've retaken block like they do in cricket. We've yes. got the 200 up and we're forging on to the next 200. We're into our, uh, what do you call it, our, th- our third century, are we? I don't know. I was never actually. very good at maths. No, that's that's obvious. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so one you even got? But I'm a I'm a whiz at spelling and grammar. Trust me, we didn't let Sarah count the episodes because we would never have got to. Uh, well, that's why to, I to I never do the um the tallies for the Friday food exactly poll because I can't. Right. My my uh, adding up ability is probably grade two level at best. Right. Uh, so we'll get to the uh, the food poll. And that's the saying food nothing bites, about my subtraction abilities. Food bites food poll is coming up later on, and it's a Beauty mm. too, it uh, and one that is polarizing no. because the two ingredients we're talking about yeah. are polarizing ingredients because yeah, they go well together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they do, but they're also. Um, I mean, well, well, it's garlic and chili, so everyone knows that because I've seen the football. Garlic can love you, uh, and you can <laughs> love garlic, but garlic can also be something that hangs around like a, a very bad relative oh, for a it long can come time. Come at every pore in your body, can't it? Well, it, and, and I've and had those moments. Chili, you know, depending on what kind of one you put in your gob. I had some chili for lunch, and I lo- the, what I love about chili uh, is the way it gets up your nose <laughs> and clears your nose. Mm. It, well, it can also make you sneeze a lot, but it does clear. However, your nose chili and garlic—that's our f- uh, food poll that we've got coming up a, a little later on. We'll uh, get to that. We've got a great guest for you. Yes, uh, there's a new uh, series three of uh, the television show Cooks Like an Italian. Yes, it's about SBS. to start. It's a couple of weeks away from starting. Tuesday, seventeenth of May, it will start on SBS. And of course, the host of the show is going to join us. Don't she? She's been on the show before. Sylvia Collica, she's going to make your mouth absolutely water. The wonderful thing about Italian cooking, and Italian is one of my favourite cuisines, is the uh, the simplicity, the beautiful fresh produce, and the way whole families and different generations get yep. together in the making of uh, food, such as passata day, yep. such as salami making day. Sylvia is going to take us on a wonderful adventure. Why why can't I cook pasta? Is that because I'm I, I don't I just I can't I can I never think get you're it right. worried about overcooking it and not getting it al dente, which yes. is a, a toothsome yes. sort of a texture. Besides which, you know that I'm going to do it better, so I just do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've worked out that I'm a lazy bugger but, and that's why I don't cook Kevin, pasta But, Kevin, one well. day we might have a pasta making day and make it from scratch. We've had a pasta maker in the bottom I of know. our – I know. We wanted to – No, no, I rigged. I rigged a raffle so that I could win it. Don't our, tell anyone. Our son turned 17 uh, this week. Uh, uh, now, when did you win that? How old was oh, he? I don't was... think he was even born then, was no, he? No, it was pre, it was pre our, our, our 17-year-old son. I bribed people Because to, it was uh, for a trivia night for uh, – Win it for me. For, for the other son, <laughs> uh, for the older one who's just had the grandchild. So, uh, yes, that's how long we've had the pasta maker in. And how many times has it been used? Sarah? Zero. Silver Colica, uh, <laughs> on the other hand, those uses her pasta maker all the time. Yes, she does. And she's going to talk to us right now here on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Tell us about the new series, uh, Cook Like an Italian, series number three. Yes, I'm so excited that this has, um, this has happened. We've been working really, really hard to get the funding for series three. SBS commissioned it pretty much as series two was uh, was screening because the, the love that we received was um, was wonderful and really abundant. 
But then, um, you know, with Cook Like an Italian, it's always a matter of um, and funding the show and getting all the right brands on board. And, um, you know, and then there was another lockdown and the pandemic took a different spin last year when we thought we didn't have COVID anymore mm. in Australia. All of a sudden, July turned around and everything changed. So um, it was a lot of work from everybody at IQ Media and myself and um, to, to, to just really, really wanted to get this done because um, the show is so loved. And I have a tangible way to know this because people just write to me all the time on social media and they make the recipes, which is ultimately what we want. I mean, um, the, the best outcome for me is to know that this really simple family recipes that I've collected are then propagated and they just will, they'll never die. They'll, they, they get, they keep getting um, passed on and that's what all are. Ancestors wanted. It's what mm. Italian culture is all about. That's what I love about Italian cooking, um, Sylvia, is that it's all about generations and traditions and families are getting together. So you're, you're sharing as much recipes as you are family traditions. I think so. And, um, and, and family food rituals as well, which makes Italian culinary culture so rich, you know, from uh, Passata day to sausage making day to, you know, the ritual of Sunday lunch or just, uh, you know, and, and dropping in all those little tips that you learn as a home cook by watching your mother and grandmother. And look, it's not um, the exclusivity of Italian cuisine, obviously. Every home cook learns tricks and tips from whichever culture they come from. Um, and I guess um, uh, people seem to love the tips and tricks that come from Italian nonnas because they love Italian nonnas food. So <laughs> I'm very happy to be a spokesperson for that. So, Sylvia, was it your mother or your nonna who who, um, who you sort of gravitated towards in the kitchen? Um, I'd say it was probably both, but it wasn't, you know, to be honest, it was hardly ever about the food itself, the gravitation around the kitchen. It was just that that was the, the, the hub of the family, that the... the was where uh, it seemed to be like this sort of room that has its own gravitational gravitational laws where everybody seems to be attracted to at some point or another during the day, whether it's because they're hungry or just snacking because they're bored or need a drink or just need a moment of connection. Um, the kitchen seems to get nice morning lights. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a magical thing, but there's something... That happens in in kitchens where you get that you know little beam of light every day that uh, it's just really uplifting. And then of course the food that Mum and Nonna would make then acted as the glue to bring the family together in a more um, ritualistic way, where we would be sitting down and exchanging thoughts and breaking bread, which uh, is uh, something that you know we. I think we all have uh, learned to appreciate more and more in the last few years because we've spent more time at home and, and food rituals have become the norm and people have gone back to, you know, creating sourdough ferments and baking bread from scratch and pickling and and uh, all these techniques we owe from the people that have come before us and discovered them and passed them on. So I think it's, it's really our job to continue you know, sharing this knowledge. You've um, 
painted such a beautiful picture there, um, Sylvia. I can I can just visualise the. Uh, the picture of the family getting together in the kitchen, the sun streaming through the window, you know, sprinkling flour <laughs> on the surface. Italian cooking to me, I mean, I, I think about simplicity when I think of Italian cooking, but do we um, in Australia complicate things too much? Um, it's a funny it's a funny thing. Um, it's, it's a really good observation. Um, perhaps there is a tendency to do that in the sense that um, the it becomes a bit more performative. The I suppose the the cooking of a meal for friends and family, as far as I see things, should be something that is about the food and the congregation and uh, uh, creating a moment and creating the memories, like a, an excuse to create the memories, if you will. Um, where I think uh, some people feel the pressure that they have to perform like master chefs in their own kitchens. And look, if that's your game and that's how you like to entertain, please go for it. I know it would give me severe anxiety if I aimed for that. Mm-hmm. I would much rather keep it very simple and cook things ahead of time and present them at the table. And in fact, what I love doing is when I have friends over, I get them in the kitchen. Because, you know, that thing that I was saying before about the gravitation, the gravitational laws of the kitchen where everybody seems to center around there. Mm. Uh, when, I, when we have friends over and we try to stir them into the living room, well, you know, there's a beautiful balcony and there's drinks and there's nibbles. But if I'm in the kitchen doing things, my friends are in the kitchen because mm. they want to see that because it is fascinating and it is, it, it is nurturing and it... it it brings up mem- it brings back memories of their own upbringing, whether they're Italian or not. And so I might as well just when they offer, can I do something? I always have jobs. <laughs> and my tip with that is be specific, though. If you if your friends, which I, I and I love Australians for that, Australians are the best guests you can ever have at the at your dinner table because they will help do the dishes as well, <laughs> and they genuinely want to help. So just have jobs. Because uh, otherwise, they just don't know how you want the cucumber chops for your salad and then it's not the way that you want it. Just be specific and delegate um, uh, jobs that, you you know, you can give instructions for. But, you know, especially, you know, if we do like big pasta rolling sessions or gnocchi making, and then it becomes, that becomes part of the entertaining moments of your gathering. And... Um, I don't know, it just it, be, it becomes more memorable and more precious. Mm, a few glasses of it's wine messier. too, I bet, help the process as well. <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an honesty about uh, not only about the, the, the cooking and the cuisine, there's an honesty about how you go about it and the things you find out in kitchens when people sort of start to get together and talk. Uh, there's a lot to what happens in the kitchen stays in the kitchen. <laughs> I should hope so because uh, many things have been shared in in my kitchen. Uh, your secrets are safe with me, and um, I just uh, hope the favor is returned to any friends I have shared secrets to in my or their kitchen. But I think I think it's true. I think it's it's a moment of honesty, uh, the kitchen, and um, so yeah, it, it is not uncommon to to start talking about the real stuff. And look, I don't know about you, but. I don't do chit chat really well. I just, if I'm talking to someone, whether they're my best friends or people I've just met, I just stumble at the chit chat part. I just, don't, I just don't want it. 
and so I I I go to to the real stuff, and and some people are okay with that, and some people are like, whoa, I don't know you at all, and that's okay, <laughs> that's your boundary. But uh, <laughs> but that's what I'm interested. I'm really interested in in making real connections. Food gives an opportunity for that for sure, and then you know you build your own adventure with some conversation and, and honesty. Sylvia, did your did your kind of cooking and kitchen uh, start uh, your adventure personally? Start with the passata thing or the salami making, and and have you done that with your children? Um, well, funnily enough, because uh, um, my children have mostly grown up in in Australia, and uh, well, before the pandemic, we used to go back quite often, but never during passata day. We <laughs> we were never there at the right time of the year. So this year. Uh, in uh, in February, they had their first pasta day with an Italian family I've connected with here in um, here in Sydney, and uh, I'm telling you that it was life changing for them because you know we eat pasta. I don't know we eat pasta based meals. Uh, I would I want to say four maybe five times a week. So it's uh, it's something that is part of our family landscape, and um, and and of course these days you can buy glorious ones at the shop and that's wonderful but there's something really special about creating your own stash especially if you do it with a lot of other people and everybody has a job and everybody seems happy it's 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 like a feel of serotonin i there's no other way i can describe it Mm. it's just so joyous to see all these the generations so we were in this in this um in this house out west they, they they have been doing it for for years, so they had the gear and the setup, and all the extended family was there. And we had, I'd say, four generation of Italians at work, from the the grandparents to um, the the forty year olds to the thirty year olds and the the twenty year olds, and then the uh, five generations. The, and then Luna, who's five, and she was you know squishing tomatoes into the <laughs> tomato breast. And you can you can tell that um, it it is something that stays embedded in the cultural DNA, yeah. And uh, it's it's important to maintain that. It's it's such a, a tactile pursuit, isn't it? Something like passata making, and as you mentioned, mm. seeing all the little kids, you know, really get literally stuck into it with their hands and squashing uh, the tomatoes um, into the processor and 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 so forth. And I guess is that part of the joy of Italian cooking that it is such a tactile pursuit? I think it is, and 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 you know, it's also the gratification of uh, creating something that you know it's going to bring joy. Because, you know, for example, on Passata Day, what we did, we bottled, I'd say probably around 100 bottles of Passata. And then we used some to cook the meal that we had that day. And I've never tasted a, a pasta and bean soup as beautiful as that because everybody contributed. Mm. Everybody contributed to that flavor. And, uh, and I don't know. It just makes it really meaningful when you think about, especially when it's done outside of Italy through the labor of and the and the love of immigrants and I'm I'm a new immigrant I'm a privileged immigrant that flew uh, an airplane to, to come to Australia and didn't have to go through any hardship um, but the immigrants that have brought those machines 
from Italy in boats, you know, all those years ago, uh, surmounting obstacles that you couldn't even conceptualize um, in, in today's society and building a life here, embracing the new culture and the new world, but stamping their feet down in order to protect their own culture and recreate it here. It, it's very powerful and it, it is an act of respect to them that we continue to do this because otherwise if, if, if our culture gets diluted out, they've done this in vain and it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah, those stories need to be told, and those those memories need to be passed on, and and, and new ones made. With and Sarah mentioned how technical uh, sort of cooking has become these days. And we see a lot of technical kind of cooking on on television as well. Is is cook like an Italian more kind of fly by the seat of your pants type uh, <laughs> type stuff? <laughs> Most definitely. I mean, in this season, you might see me with uh, uh, maybe I'll use the standing mixer once. You build a dough, just or maybe to, with egg whites. Because come on, that's a bit. <laughs> and and maybe I think I think I use a, a, a citrus juicer at some point. Oh. Other other than that, it's um, hand whisk and wooden spoon, <laughs> and a bit of this and a bit of that, which I have to quantify to then write the recipes down to put them on the SBS website. And that's a tedious process, which I'm in the middle of. Yeah, I still haven't delivered all the written recipes because I don't like <laughs> giving measurements because it's against my nature. But I, I, I must. I have to. Yep. And so I shall. <laughs> You've got to give us a chance, Sylvia. Those of us who don't have that. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Not everybody has a nonna in the kitchen. Exactly right. Exactly right. Cook like an Italian. We're going to see you on the screen uh, in another role uh, also uh, fairly soon. You've, you've been filming uh, this miniseries 12? The 12, yes. I have. Yeah. A few weeks ago. Yes. Back to acting, um, which is, uh, which is my, my, my job of origin as, as, as well. The, the one I'm qualified for, funnily enough. <laughs> Not so much the cooking at home, but hey, <laughs> we hustle. Um, and no, it's, it's wonderful. Um, it's, um, it's a, it's a new Foxhill 10 part drama, um, with a wonderful, wonderful cast of many incredible Australian and uh, diverse um, backgrounds. Uh, and we're led by the uh, one and only Sam Neill. Yep. Um, that that was just a treat. Yeah, fascinating. The uh, Belgian series, I think, originally that, uh, that yes. was around that, uh, yeah, the cast, uh, Marta Dusseldorp and Brendan Cowell and Maddie Nabel it's, it's, uh, and yourself, it's a terrific cast of people. Look, really looking forward to seeing that. Yes, I know, I know. Oh, my God, Maddie Nabel talk about a man of many talents. I've just finished his novel still. That's yes, amazing. me too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, did you love it? Oh, absolutely. It was a page turner. Oh. Yeah. It was a page turner. Uh, yeah, I've already cast it in my head. <laughs> very graphic too in parts. Yes. Um, very, very graphic in parts. Hey, listen, we want to wish you the best of luck with uh, Cooks like an Ita- Cook Like an Italian Series number three. Obviously, you know, you're already talking about Series four, aren't you? I hope so. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's hope that uh, we can create them. We can extend them. There's definitely ten more episodes in, in me. And uh, 30 more recipes to share, if not more. I mean, uh, 
the beauty of Italian home cooking is that it's like a, a bottomless pit of recipes. So, Sylvia, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to watching the show from mid-May. And uh, and thanks for joining us on Food Bites. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Sylvia Colacar, there you go. Cooks like an Italian. It'll be on SBS from Tuesday the 17th of May. There's 10 episodes. Thank you, Sylvia. Lovely to have you yeah, again. delightful. And married, of course, to a very well-known Australian actor, Richard, Richard Roxburgh. Roxburgh. Uh, and they have three children. And uh, you'll see Sylvia, as I mentioned, in that uh, not only in that uh, Series 12, which if you've seen mm. the Belgian version of that, it's excellent. It's a great show. But she's also bobbing up uh, in a movie I read during yes. the week after doing that interview as well. So I'm going to be seeing a lot of her. Now. Yeah, oh, here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. I decided to just go there. I put chilli up against garlic. Now, you've not divulged in anywhere in any of the postings of this your personal preference. I find it almost too hard to split, but if I had to, I'd, I'd go with garlic because um, chilies for me, there's uh, there's too much unpredictability about um, about chilies. Yeah, you can get some that sometimes you look at them and think, no, they'll be pretty tame, and you get them in the food, it's like, whoa. Whereas when I put garlic cloves, and I put lots of garlic cloves in all the different things I cook, I, um, I sort of feel like I'm doing something really wonderful because it's so good for you. Yeah, it is good for yeah. you. Well, so chili, is chili. Chili's good for you too, yeah. Mm. Antioxidants and okay. all those things. All right, well, let's get to the poll. All right. Uh, who shall we start with? Well, why don't you start with uh, the lovely Anne Peacock? <gasps> Anne Peacock, she says, in no uncertain terms. Yes. Oh. I abhor garlic. Abhor is a strong word, Kevin. Garlic breath is so disgusting. And those red hot chilli mothers, though, are good. Yes. Now, Sam (laughs) Newman uh, jumped into this and said, unfair uh, to make a choice. Real chilli can make your eyes water by eating them. Someone speaking to you with garlic breath can have the (laughs) same effect. What's What's it matter? And he also points out that Miss Peacock might be working a little bit blue <laughs> with those mother chilies. <laughs> Alan says garlic. Mark Stevens says chili by daylight. Oh, by the street. no doubt. Tony Marie Louise says uh, cloves and cloves of garlic. Yum. Uh, the doctors in the house, Joe Garris says chili by the length of the straight. There you go. Truthful one says both. Oh, you love a good both, Kevin. Yes, love a good both. Jane Barnes says both. <laughs> Rebecca Madden, both. <laughs> <laughs> I can't split them, she says. Goodness gracious me. Stephen Quartermain says, not both, thank goodness. He says, chilli's my favourite thing. I hate garlic. Yes, he's got favourite in caps, yep. so it must be. Old croaky, one takes <laughs> for breath away. Oh, takes the breath away, I think that means. The other gives you a breath that drives others away. My choice is garlic. Good old croaky. Uh, Stuart Sutherland says garlic all the way. Mervyn Hughes, chilli by 100 miles. Uh, Elliot's Pet Warehouse, welcome. Oh. Uh, both from mm. us. Terry Daniel, chilli but not too hot, agree. Well, what's the point? Like really? Well, no, no, you don't, it doesn't need to be hot, just flavoursome no, and agree. spicy. No, I yeah. agree. Uh, Devon? <laughs> not Devine. Is it Devon? <laughs> Is it Devon? Have I got that you right? You are going to be best mates one Devin day. Devon says chilli. Doesn't always agree with me, but I do enjoy it. That's yes. a good point too, yes. actually. Can't, sometimes it can repeat on you oh, a bit, yeah. can't it? Second garlic. Lee Harrison says, I love both, but I use garlic more. Silvana says, uh, I don't like chilies at all, so it has to be garlic. 
Rebecca says garlic. Uh, Thai people don't use it much and I miss it, so she lives in Thailand, uh, obviously. Don't they use it? I would have thought they do, but okay. obviously they don't. Michelle Smith says preferred chilli, not too much though, as uh, as garlic tends to take, uh, take the taste away all the time. Oh, okay. Okay. Sue Hosking says garlic. I don't mind a bit of chilli now and then, but I use garlic in almost everything. Joylene says chilli all the way. <laughs> Tony Bennett says. <coughs> Tony. <laughs> no. I'm so sorry, Tony. What do you say? Both, please. Thank you. All right. Now, Wayne says. Oh, oh it does. Wayne says back. some things here. Garlic because chilli doesn't keep Dracula away. <laughs> you, you've got to stop there. You're just uh, the defence rests. Uh, I really don't understand the human race. Things like the Kardashians, Mariah Carey and chilli are popular when they really hmm. shouldn't be. All three bring tears to your <laughs> eyes of a sane person and give the aforementioned person a massive case of, well, you get the general idea of what they do. <laughs> Chili is the red rocket of vile <laughs> unpleasantness. That's a yeah, – there's, <laughs> there's a, a That's a T-shirt. There's a T-shirt. Yeah, with a, with a little, a a little chili. That's dressed it like yeah, a rocket. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the red rocket of unpleasantness that has no place on any dinner plate. Why do you eat it? I have no idea. It makes your mouth feel like the centre of the <laughs> earth and brings you out in a sweat more than when your missus learns how to check your browser history. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and then there's the bowl-shattering napalm death visit to the toilet oh, that follows. Kevin. Well, not always. Being able to tolerate <laughs> massive levels of this unpleasantness is not a badge of honour. It's just stupidity. Having a chili eating contest is about as smart as having a Domestos sculling oh. competition. I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think chili eating contests are ridiculous. Yeah, I do too. And I think eating those really hot chilies and making people eat them whole as they mm. do on television is bloody stupid. Mm. Uh, and to finish off, uh, Wayne says garlic might make you smell like Super Mario's armpit, but at least it doesn't make you create a porcelain based Jackson Pollock the next day. <laughs> I just got a visual of isn't that. that a, isn't oh. that a poignant way to finish it from uh, from oh. our friend? Now, pretty split with the garlic and the yeah. uh, and the chili, but both, both, yeah. both wins. Yeah, that both, doesn't both surprise gets, me. I thought it would be close. Both gets about fifty percent, and the other two split yeah. uh, split twenty five. You're obviously each. chili. Uh, yes, uh, in terms of cooking. Um, I, I I love putting garlic in mm. stuff. I, I love putting chili in stuff. But you're right. Uh, what the word you used before is is sums it up the unpredictability. unpredictability. Mm. I've done Mexican sometimes with uh, the chili and thought oh, it's okay. Mm. It, it'll and be all right because I'm, I'm aware that you're not fond of mm. really really mm. hot and it's hardcore. And then I've had it at about you know an hour <laughs> after you've had it and thought. Jeez, how did Sarah get through this? And remember, if there's leftovers, you have them in the fridge. The flavour intensifies um, over the. Coming days. That chilli I had for lunch today on that pizza, my goodness me, had the flavour intensified on that. That's, <sighs> that's, why, that's, my, that's why my nasal passages. <laughs> you've, you've cleared your passages. <laughs> yes, are they ever. Our thanks to Sylvia Colica for joining us and uh, check out uh, Cook Like an Italian, Season 3 on the uh, SBS Food uh, Network from the 17th of May. Bellissimo, Kevin. Well, thank you, whatever that means. I'll have, I'll have to look that. I probably can't cook that either. Until uh, next time, uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.